not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around the greatness of your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. We thank you that the power of your word helps us to live a life that is one of victory. So as we hear the word today, I thank you that whatever circumstances in our lives that are not lined up with your word, the power of your word will line every circumstance up in our lives. And we will leave this place full of faith knowing that all things are possible to him that believes. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person the spiritual manner of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today we, be, we will be learning how favor can flow when we participate with God. Everybody say participate with God. While I was out on my sabbatical, my staff taught a series on go fishing. And today, that's why we rewarded those who were fishers and invited the most individuals to come and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I have discovered through personal experience and through biblical principles that favor comes when we participate in God's plan. So let's discover today how favor comes when we cooperate with God. I want you to get your Bibles and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. And I have three simple points this morning. And I'm going to tell you what the first point is before we even read the scripture. And that is this. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Our first point is simple and it is this. God does not need anything from you. I'm going to say that again. God does not need anything from you. In Acts chapter 17, if you're there, say I'm there. We're going to look and start in verse 24. Watch what it says. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of what? Heaven and what? Earth, and he dwells not in the temple made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. See it, he gives to all life and breath and all things. He gives to all life, breath, and all things. Verse 26. And watch this now. And he has made of one blood. All nations of men. See, people wonder how we got the different races in the world. God made all races through one blood. It said he made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined through times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations. 
Amen. Let's read verse 37. It says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Here's what I wanted you to see in that. And here's the first point. God does not need anything from us. Amen. And so under that point, I want you to write down three things. God is self-existent. God is self-sufficient. And God is self-sustaining. I'm going to say that again. God is self-existence. What does that mean? Like for us, we're not self-existing. We need air to breathe. Who supplies the air? God does. So we need the air, which comes from God, which means that we need God to exist. But God doesn't need anybody to exist. The second thing is that God is self-sufficient. What does that mean? Everything God needs comes from himself. When it was darkness on the face of the earth, he reached inside of himself and he said, let there be light. And the light came from him. So God is self-sufficient. And then God is self-sustaining. What does that mean? God needs nothing to continue to be who he is. Now, why am I saying that? Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Here's the second point. Because, you know, theologically, it is correct that God does not need any of us. But see, the second point, and I want you to write this down, is that God decided to need us. God decided to need us. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Now, here's what I need you to hear. When God decided to need us, this position or this decision that he made positioned us to partner with him. Now, or in other words, we could say because he moved first because, see, God made the move first. He created us. He did everything that we did. He put Adam in the garden. And this is before the fall. And he put him in the garden. And we're going to read in chapter 2, look in verse 19. If you're there, say, I'm there. It says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to who? He brought them to Adam to see what he, Adam, would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. I mean, that is so powerful. Let me tell you why. Because God had the ability to name the animals himself. But because now he decided to need us, he allowed Adam to name the animals. And let me tell you why. He he let that happen because he eventually was going to give Adam the authority over those animals. And so for him to have authority over the animals, he had to give Adam the power to name them. Now, why do you say that that's important? Because, see, at that point, Adam had to cooperate or participate with God for things to work out in his life. Now, we're talking about participating with God for favor. That's the name of the lesson this morning. And I want you to go back to Exodus, which is right after Genesis, not hard to find. And if you're visiting us or if you're a new believer or if you're a new uh, member here at Word of Truth Family Church, don't worry if you can't find all the scriptures fast. Some of us were just like that when we first got saved. Amen. Just look in your index if you can't find it. 
and then you can find it in Exodus chapter 12. We've been talking about favor, and favor is the granting of what is required, what is desired, or what is inspired by others and God to bless me with. It is the willingness of others for them to use their power and their ability and their influence to help us. And you got to understand, and I'm going to give you some principles this morning on how favor works in your life when you participate with God. In Exodus chapter 12, look in verse 36. Watch this now. The Lord showed me something in this that I hadn't seen, so I'm going to show it to you today. And the Lord God gave the people what? Favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now, what's interesting about that, if you jump up now uh, in verse... Uh, 35. Let's, let's look at th- verse 35. It says, And the children of Israel did according to the word of who? Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And, watch this, they had the first gold and asked to borrow it. That's what happened first. He t- they said at the word of Moses, they went to go borrow this stuff. And then after they start showing some action. After they start participating and cooperating with what God said, then it said in verse 36, then the Lord gave them favor. And sometimes we look for favor before we do something. But favor doesn't come before you do something. Amen. And so I'm going to show you this morning clearly through God's word that if we will just participate with what, God's, with, with what God is doing, and I'm going to show you how we see that, then we can now expect some favor to work in our lives. Now, The children of Israel had to move on what God had told Moses and then the favor comes. So here's a principle that we must understand about God deciding to need us. Here it is. The next move is always on us. The next move is all the way on. You say, well, pastor, I don't know about that. I'm going to give you several scriptures or uh, places in scripture that that's true. There's a scripture over in James that says when we draw close to God. Come on, class. He draws close to what? It did not say he draws close to us. Then we draw close to him. It says we draw close to him and then what happens? He draws close to us. Here's another one that says when we lay hands on the sick, then the sick shall what? Recover. It didn't say that they will recover, then we lay hands on them. In other words, God needs our participation for the things to work. Here's another one. Whatever you bind on earth... Then it shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, then it shall be loosed in heaven. God can't do it until you do it first. And there are some frustrated believers right now that are mad at God because God is waiting on you to make the step and you're waiting on God and he's already made the step. Now in Romans, go to 8. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Let me show you this. Romans chapter 8. Here's what's interesting about the, the, the children of God, the believers, Christians, the whole earth is groaning and waiting to see the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting on us to come in agreement, come in cooperation and participate with God. They're waiting on us to do that so they can see the power of God. But you know what? Many of us are sitting still. We're waiting on God to move. And God is saying the word of truth family church. If you will move, you will see favor. In Romans chapter 8, look in verse 19. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creature, they're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. They are waiting on who? The manifestation 
of the sons of God. Look at verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subject, who had subjected the same in hope. In other words, the whole earth is waiting to see us. And many of us are not moving for favor to be shown in our lives. And sometimes people have to see God blessing you before they can believe in him. Now, I have a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Watch this now. The world's revelation will only come through our participation. Write that down. The world's revelation of the sons of God will only come through our participation. Until we partner with God and we do what he wants us to do, they will not see the manifestation of the sons of God. And guess what? They need to see the manifestation of the sons of God, the daughters of God, so that they can get saved. Now, here's what I have learned. Here's what I have learned. This is, this is such a spiritual truth, and I think it's almost a secret to a lot of believers, and here it is. You must say yes to, to the Lord more than once. You can write that down. You must say yes to the Lord more than once. Now, you don't have to say yes more than once for salvation. Not if you really believed and not if you really committed yourself to him. Once you do that, you are saved. But I have found through scripture and through personal experience that you just can't say yes to the Lord one time. And that's why some believers get stuck spiritually because they say yes one time and he's trying to get them to say yes again. I'll give you an example. I had to say yes to the Lord to get saved. Then I got saved. Then it came a point in my life that he wanted to relocate me. From Texas to Ohio. And even though I thought it was for work. It was really for me to get trained at a church that was in that, in that state. But I had to say yes to a job that was paying less than all the other jobs that I was being offered. But that's the job he wanted me to take. So I had to say yes again. Then when I got there. I spent some time there. Got trained by the church. We went on a missions trip. And when we went there. We stayed in this place in Jamaica. And when I got there, that's where the Lord said, this is where I want you to go to school. Then I had to now look like I just diminished my education and to just go to Bible school. But I had to say yes to now leave Ohio to go to Jamaica. I just want you to see that there is a consistent pattern of yeses that you have to say to the Lord and participate with him for God to move in your life. And then it got to a point where he asked me to preach. It took me a long time to say yes to that one because I didn't want to do that. But then I finally said yes to that one. And then eventually when I got to Bible school in 92, he wanted me to pastor. And I struggled with that one too, but I finally said yes. And because I have consistently said yes, which means I'm consistently participating with him in what he wants me to do, favor has been showing up in my life. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you must say yes to the Lord more than once. Now, here's a question I want to uh, answer this morning. What does God want us to participate in that will cause favor to flow towards us? Here's the question again. What does God want us to participate in that will cause favor to flow towards us? All right. Number one, we must make his priority our priority. I'm going to say that again. We must make his priority what? Our priority. And let me tell you what God's priority is. God's priority is people. For God so loved the world that he 
gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not help uh, uh, perish but have everlasting life. In other words, God's whole, his first priority are people. And until we prioritize what God prioritizes, we can't partner with him. And that's why we had everybody to go fishing. But you should never, ever stop fishing. Go to 1 Timothy quickly. 1 Timothy quickly. 1 Timothy. Let me show you a spiritual truth that it takes the participation of the person who hears it in order for the promise to happen in their life. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy 2, and we're going to look in verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 2, look in verse 3, and I'm going to read verse 3 and verse 4 if you're taking notes. It says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have how many? Come on, class. He will have how many? All men to be what? Safe and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So God wants how many people saved? He wants all people saved. Here's the question I have for you. Who do you think God wants to use for those people to get saved? He has to use us. Now, let me tell you about when God decided to need us. What happened is he had to now submit himself to the principles that he's written out in this word. That's why he can see something bad going on in your life and can't override your will for it because first it takes your faith for him to move. Amen. So it takes us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, you can write that down. We are ministers of reconciliation. Romans 10 verse 14 through 17 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? So the only way that lost people are going to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it takes our participation with God to preach the gospel. Amen. And I'll never forget this. See, God has already moved first because he gave Jesus. Write this down. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God already has moved. Now he's waiting on us. And often, you know, when, this, when they started the whole ghost fishing series, I talked with heaven. He, she and I, we had a conversation. And I said, heaven. In order for you to fish, you got to have a prospect. See, those, how many go fishing or have been fishing? See, you don't go to somewhere there ain't no fish. You study, you find out from people where fish are biting, and that's where you go. I said, so you need to now think about who you want to target as a prospect to get them saved. And she put down three people, the first person, second person, third person. And so I said, okay, we're going to take the top person that's in your, in your, in your friendship line. And this person is such a great girl. I mean, just a great girl, but she wasn't saved. Now, we're talking about an 11-year-old. So one day, I said, now, heaven, in order for God to move, we have to now pray and ask him to give us an opportunity to witness to them. You just have to say, Lord, give me a chance to witness to my friend. And so she did that. So one day, her friend was over our house. And her friends start feeling bad. She, she had ate something and she didn't feel good. And so she called her mom for her mom to come get her. So she came to me. She said, Daddy, uh, so-and-so's not feeling good. Uh, will you, uh, she's coming, to, her mom's coming to get her. I said, Heaven, this is your chance right here. She said, what do you mean? I said, remember we prayed, said God give us a chance. I said, this is your chance to witness. I said, here's what you need to do. You need to go pray for her. She said, well, why don't you pray for her? I said, she's not my friend. I said, let me tell you what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. I said, all you got to do is say, Hannah, her name's Hannah. Hannah, uh, 
when I'm, when I'm feel, not feeling good, I always ask my dad to pray for me. And every time he prays for me, I feel better. It works. Can I pray for you? I said, heaven, nobody refuses prayer. So she went in there. She prayed for heaven. Comes back. Later on, I asked her how it went. She said, daddy, she laughed. I said, your responsibility is not her, what she does. It's you planting the seed. You may water and somebody may plant the seed, but God is the one that gives the increase. I said, but don't worry about that because you planted the seed. So it just so happens a couple of, uh, a week ago that she was over Hannah's house playing. And I don't know how the subject of hell came up. I don't know how I did. But little kids talk about a whole lot of stuff. So they were talking about hell. So Hannah said, is hell real? Heaven said, hell is real. She said, well, what's down there? She said, fire and rocks. I was like, where did she get the rocks from? Probably watching some of these movies and stuff. She said, fire and rocks. And she said, if you don't have Jesus in your heart and you die, that's where you're going. So she said, this is what you need to do. To let Jesus in your heart. So Hannah said, they were over Hannah's house playing or in Hannah's room. Hannah said, okay, well, heaven, if you'll leave the room, I'm going to ask Jesus to come in my life. Heaven leaves the room. Hannah says that prayer. She comes back. Heaven asks her, did you do it? She said, I did it. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Heaven can now expect favor to flow in her life because she has now participated with God for salvation. Now, there are some other areas, and I have found, watch this now, whenever the creation cooperates with the creator, great favor is released. Now, you can write down, let's, let's go there. No, you don't have to, let's write down Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. Let me show you that when a person partners with God, favor is released in her life. This is the story of a, she was a prostitute back in the day. Her name was Rahab. And Rahab was in a situation where God wanted to give the children of Israel the city of Jericho. And he told them, send, he said, send two spies. See, he learned the first and the second time. See, Joshua learned because the first time they sent out ten spies. And the first democratic vote in the Bible that we know of was voted against God. It was eight against God, two for God. God had already told them they could have it. Eight came back and said, man, we can't have it. There's some big people over there and we can't take this land. Two of them said, it's ours. Let's go get it. So this time, Joshua only sent two of them. And the Bible says when they got to that city... The king was looking for them to kill them because they knew that they were coming to spy for him. So in Joshua 6, 6.25, it says, And Joshua saved Rahab, the harlot, alive, and her father's household, and all that she had. And she dwelt in Israel even until this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy Jericho. Here it is, a harlot got saved in all of her house because she participated with God. Here's another example. Uh, you can write down uh, Genesis. i tell you what, go to Genesis quickly. That's an easy book to find. Go to Genesis. Genesis quickly. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. When you partner, this is very important. I need you to hear this point. When you partner with someone who God has favored, favor will come on your life. See, to me, this is one of the easiest ways to get favor right here. All you got to do, have you ever, when you were growing up, you had a friend that had money and you just hung out with them? I mean, you didn't have to worry about eating. They paid for that. You didn't have to worry about gas in your car. They paid for that. Amen. Genesis, some of y'all are doing that now. <laughs> Genesis 39, look at verse 1. 
It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites. Just want to point this out. The Ishmaelites were the sons, one of the, the first sons that Abraham had outside of his wife, Ishmael. That's these people. So Ishmael was one of the people that actually sold Joseph to Potiphar. Look at verse 2. And the Lord was with who? Joseph. And he was a what? Prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Watch this now. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to what? Prosper in his hands. And Joseph found favor. That word grace there is the same word favor in the English word throughout the Old Testament. Joseph found favor in his sight. Watch this. And he served him. You want to get some favor on your job? Serve. Joseph served him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Okay, and then he made him overseer over his house and all that he put into his hands. Watch this. Here's the point. And it came to pass that from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord, watch this now, blessed who? He blessed the Egyptians' house. He blessed an unbeliever's house for Joseph's sake. Why? And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and the field. The only reason that that unbelieving Egyptian got the favor of God flowing into his household was because he connected with somebody who had some favor flowing in their life. And that's why when you connect to a, to, a, to a place or to a project that God is doing, even like Word of Truth Family Church, you have the right to expect favor because there's favor on this church. Amen. Watch this now. Uh, go to, go to uh, you can just write this down. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, it says uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out to your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Favor comes when we acknowledge God in all of our ways and we follow his direction. And that's why a lot of believers are not getting favor because they're not doing what God wants them to do. Amen. Now, watch this now. Favor comes through service to God. Here's another area. That's why, if, that's why we, we're not asking you to get involved in this church just for us. We're getting you involved for you because favor comes when you serve God. You can just write down 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 2. That's Hezekiah. Hezekiah, because he served the Lord, the Bible says he was told he was going to die. And because he brought up his service to the Lord, the Bible says God said to him through a prophet, I have now extended your life. For 15 more years. You can write down 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 26. That's the story of Samuel. And the Bible says that Samuel had favor with God and man. You know why? Because Samuel served the Lord from, from when he was little. And see some of you all, your kids have favor on them. You got to see it. Amen. So here's a major one. Here's another one. Here's one. Here's another how favor comes. Favor comes when you participate in the act of marriage. See, some of y'all see marriage as a bad thing, and that's a problem. Write down Proverbs chapter, uh, let me see here. Let's just close with this verse right here. Close with this verse. Proverbs 18. Go to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. We said, God doesn't need anything from us. God decided to need us. And now we're looking at how favor comes when we participate with God. And one of the ways that we can have favor flow in our life is when you participate in the act of marriage. In Proverbs 18, look at verse 22. It says, who so finds a wife, finds a what? 
See, that's your problem. You don't think she's good for you. Well, you the one married her. I mean, it's amazing how we feel that the choice we made wasn't good, but we made it. There was nobody holding you up at the altar with a gun saying, you better say yes. You better say yes. You better say yes. Now, you the one said yes. It says, whoso finds a way finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Do you know you can have favor on your life when you get married? My life has increased since I met my wife. But see, here's the problem. This is why some people, the favor for marriage is not showing up because they're not treating the person that they're married to as if they are respectable. See, you got to respect what God respects. And if he says that because when you found a wife, you can get some favor, you need to treat her like you need some favor from God. Here's the last point I want you to write down. First of all, we see that God didn't need us. But then he decided that he wanted to need us. Here's the question I ask for you. Have you decided to need God? Have you decided to participate? Have you decided to say yes again? Because see, yes will take you to the next level for your life. Yes will get you to the next destination that God has for you. Let me say this. Life is a journey and not a destination. The destination doesn't come until the air in your body leaves and you go from here to that next spiritual eternity with God. But it's a journey. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some people right here in this room who you may not have decided.